Yesterday morning, I made a personal pilgrimage to the St. Paul Cathedral. Uh, There's three relics of saints traveling around the world. Uh, The relics of the three saints I venerated yesterday at the cathedral in St. Paul are the relics of St. Therese of Lisieux, whose feast day was last Sunday. She's a Carmelite nun, also known as the Little Flower. Uh, And then her parents, St. Zelie Martin, and St. Louis Martin. Uh, so these, these three relics of these three saints are traveling, and they were in St. Paul yesterday, and I think this week they're down in Iowa now. So I went up, uh, venerated the relics, and caught up with a former classmate of mine as well. And as I arrived at the cathedral, I was pretty familiar with it. Uh, I lived in St. Paul for eight years for school, and so from the interstate as I was driving up, I saw the big dome of the cathedral, Uh, billowing up in the sky Uh, and I like to point out to people that uh, the dome of the Cathedral of St. Paul is much taller than the dome of the state capitol. The the state capitol and the cathedral they face each other and there's one street separating the two but the the cathedral is a little bit taller. And so uh, as I walked into the cathedral, uh, I'm familiar with it, I've been there before and it was just very beautiful. a sacred, it's a sacred place, Mar- marble columns, giant statues of saints, breathtaking paintings and frescoes on the walls and the ceilings of this beautiful cathedral. And to top it off, it was in this cathedral, three relics of saints were available for veneration. And so I stopped in a pew and began to pray and um, uh, I pray, as I was sitting in the pew, I was kind of just watching people uh, as they walked through the church, whispering or taking pictures, and uh, a kind of a reoccurring thought kept coming to my mind. I wonder how many people or how many tours walk through this cathedral in a year, and then they leave unchanged. They, they still leave lukewarm Christians. Uh, not even the physical beauty of the church not even the physical beauty of the Mass can, can keep people uh, here in the church. So many maybe lapsed or fallen away Catholics. And this is the same situation we hear about in today's first reading. Uh, today's first reading is a love story. A love story between the lover and the beloved. Uh, the re- first reading begins, let me, sing, let me t- uh, sing a song about my friend's vineyard. Uh, it's, it's, the, it's the lover who gives everything he has, pours out his heart, gives his beloved the best he has. And still the, the beloved uh, yields wild grapes. Our first reading says, this beautiful, perfect vineyard was on a, built on a fertile hillside. It was spaded and cleared of stones. The best vines were planted A watchtower was built for added security. And there was also a wine press. This is the best of the best. The beloved's giving everything he has. But there was one problem. The grapes were wild grapes. Even despite the perfection and the beauty, wild grapes were uh, still grown. And then the, the, the first reading poses a question that the Lord Uh, asks each one of us as well. What more was there to do for my vineyard that I had not done? Uh, 
He put in the work, he put in the effort, he gave the best of the best, and still wild grapes were produced. Wild grapes that were good for nothing but to be thrown out. And in today's gospel, we hear about another vineyard as well. The owner of the vineyard sends servants into the vineyard to obtain the produce. However, the tenants, uh, those who are charged with uh, watching over the vineyard, they see these servants as a threat, as a threat. And so these tenants, instead of welcoming the servants, they, they seize them and they kill them, they stone them. Uh, so I think sometimes it, people see the church as a threat as well. Uh, however, the church desires the well-being and the good of everyone. Uh, we don't have to see the church as a threat. Many people try to keep the church at an arm's length away uh, because they're a threat. A threat to what? Maybe it's a threat to freedom. But St. Paul says in one of his letters, it is for freedom that Christ set us free. It's in the church that we experience freedom. And we experience that every time we go to confession. Your sins are forgiven. Go in peace. That freedom. The church gives us freedom. What else is a, th- a church a threat to? Maybe it's a threat to our joy. Uh, in, in today's readings, we hear about a wine press being built in the garden. Throughout Holy Scripture, wine is a beautiful symbol of joy, of abundance. There's a beautiful reading in in the Gospels where uh, Jesus is with his mother at the wedding feast and they run out of wine. Uh, And and Mary goes to Jesus and says, they have no more wine. And Jesus Jesus multiplies the wine. Uh, The church points to joy. Uh, The the wine, it's a sign of joy and of abundance. Joy and abundance, it's found here in the church. Uh, The church doesn't need to be a threat. We don't need to see the church as a threat. Sometimes when I help married couples prepare for their wedding, uh, sometimes I hear from time to time, the church has too many rules. Uh, The church has too many rules, but the church is looking out for the well-being of each individual. Uh, We think about parents, uh, parents who discipline their children. They desire the best for their children. The church desires the best for us. Yesterday, when I went to the cathedral in St. Paul, uh, two of the three saints, uh, they're a married couple, St. Zelie and St. Louis Martin. St. Zelie and St. Louis Martin, the parents of St. Therese of Lisieux. They show the beauty of married life. Uh, It's through the church. The church gives the grace needed for married couples to live a beautiful life, a beautiful vocation. Marriage is fruitful when the couple receives the graces and the blessings that the church has to offer. And so like the servants in the gospel, we're, we're sent forth from this mass. Go forth, the mass is ended. Go in peace. Go and glorify the Lord by your life. But like the servants in today's gospel, if we're truly, genuinely living out our faith, the world's going to see us as a threat. Uh, just like the tenants in today's gospel. They see the servants coming, and, and they, they seize them. They kill them. They beat them. They stone them. They kill them. Uh, uh, there's probably a lot of people in the world that want to seize us and beat us and stone us and kill us for living our genuine faith. 
But uh, this is the way of Christianity. Uh, we're not above the master. If they persecuted Jesus, they're going to persecute us as well. Uh, the owner of the vineyard in today's gospel says, uh, sends his son. They will respect my son. And that's not the case. Uh, they see the inheritance, and so they kill the son. Uh, and so we can expect the same for us. If we live our faith, expect persecution. Accept those uh, white martyrdoms, suffering for the faith, maybe uh, by... Uh, uh, false, false uh, gossip or whatever it is. But uh, we go out as servants and we're a threat. We're a threat to the world. Just like the servants were a threat in the vineyard today as they gathered the produce. Jesus says in another place in the gospel, the harvest is abundant but the laborers are few. So ask the master of the harvest to send laborers to gather in the harvest. Today, we're all invited to be laborers in the vineyard, uh, to not be afraid of the cross, to not be afraid of sufferings or persecutions. Uh, Jesus paved the way. He, he showed us how to receive all sufferings. All, uh, he, he showed us how to receive the cross with love. So as we go forth from this mass, we imitate our master, uh, Christ himself, who gives us the Eucharist and the grace we need to, to be uh, laborers, to gather in the harvest, to, to follow him, to be servants of the gospel.